Oh, hello, it's Professor Nigel Adams, uh, Director of Buckingham Enterprise and Innovation Unit, and we're on to our 12th Entrepreneurs Podcast. And we have a young lady called Kate Murphy, who was a business enterprise student in 2012, 2013. I was just thinking it seems only yesterday. But um, welcome, Kate. Um, Let's start. Hi, Nigel. Oh, where are we going? Let's start. Um, where do you come from? I come from a town called Solihull, which is just outside of Birmingham in the UK. Okay. And um, what on earth made you consider joining the Business Enterprise Programme back in 2000, well, 2011? You would have done it and for 2012 start. Absolutely. I can't believe it's so long ago. And um, I suppose I wasn't sure what I wanted to do exactly. And I had a bit of a Google and found the course that started in January and surrounded by so many family members that run their own businesses. Uh, the course outline appealed to me greatly and it was probably the best decision I made. So, yeah. Because you have always wanted to start your own business. Yeah, I think I've always known that I want to work for myself eventually, uh, especially just growing up around um, my mother has her own business, my father does, my uncles do. So it's always been the norm uh, to have members of my family uh, run, uh, run their own business. And so you were brought up with it? I was, yeah. It, round the kitchen table, etc. Exactly. So it's all it's all I ever knew, really. And I understood the good, the bad and the ugly that came with running a business and uh, it didn't put me off. So um, I, I uh, thought I better study a bit more. Um, yeah, I remember I met your mum several times. And in fact, is she still running her business? She is indeed. I'm trying to get her to retire at the moment so she can uh, enjoy some much deserved time off uh, from from running a business for so many years. Um, so hopefully, given the current climate, we can get some movement with that in the in the new year. You mean you're not able to persuade her yet? Uh, it's taken about a year and I think I've just got there. So uh, it did take a while. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, once you're doing it, it's very difficult to let go, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's, it's she's worked for herself for so many years now. Um, I think it's a strange strange for her to come out of it and wonder what, what she'll do next because I, I can't imagine she'll sit still <laughs> uh, no entrepreneurs never do do they and they've got to find something so I, I presume you've given her some ideas have you uh well she's hoping I'm going to give her some ideas so um I'm trying to think about what she can do and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes okay let's take you back to nine years or so hey it would have been nine years by now um Seven, how did yeah. you find buckingham um i really enjoyed buckingham university i liked that it was a small university close-knit with small classes and i definitely enjoyed the diversity of pupils um, it allowed me to meet a lot of different people from different cultures and um because it was so small, it allowed me to concentrate and I think get the best possible grade that I could, that I wouldn't have been able to do if I went to a conventional university. Now, of course, 
what I meant first was, how did you find the University of Buckingham? <laughs> your answer is perfect for one of my later questions, so I will ignore that question now. Um, this is why I like working with 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 um, um, graduates who are from our degree because you you never quite know what's going to happen, which is wonderful. Um, so uh, back back to the how did you how did you discover? How did I actually find the university? And, and um, I think I just. And BBE, I think I was just Googling as you do. And um, I think a lot of people around me were writing their applications to different universities. And a lot of the courses didn't interest me as such, whereas this was quite an involved course and it involved you actually starting a business and all the modules relate to any business that you would own in the future. So it was very practical. Uh, I think I was just sold from when I read what the course was about and I knew that's what I wanted to do. And then you ended up with an interview with me, didn't you? I did. I did. Wasn't that uh, when luckily, I met your mum as well? Did I meet did your mum come yeah, down? Yeah, I'm sure my mum would have I'm sure my mum would have uh, made herself known. <laughs> I, I seem to remember you both arriving it's a long time ago, as we said, but yeah, I remember that. So you came and visited Buckingham and well it's not what is it, um forty five minutes away from Solihull, that kind of amount, possibly a bit more. Yeah, it's it's not very far. I think, you know, 45 minutes is uh, 45 to 50 minutes. And um, in my final year, I did commute that. So um, that was good. So it meant I could stay at home and, and also study and, and travel to university. That's good. Um, let's go back again uh, to this mid-January 2012. And what do you remember about your first few days at the university? Well, obviously, I remember you, Nigel. <laughs> Nobody can forget you, Nigel. Um, Thank you. I remember just there being lots of different nationalities uh, and students, all with a similar sort of mindset um, that I think the course breeds. Um, very focused individuals and all there for a similar purpose. And I knew I'd made the right decision within the first few days. And you remember we we went round the room and asked everybody why they were there, and um, and, and you said I'm sure you said the same as as you just said now. And um, what do you remember about the others? Do you remember anybody in particular, or a few of them? Um, I think you know a couple of them were interested in taking over family businesses back in China, uh, and also they weren't sure exactly what they wanted to do, but they also knew that they wanted to run businesses. A few people were already running businesses, I think, or, or had done. Um, so it was a you know big mix of students and age age ranges as well. So that was that was also good. And um, did you? I mean, is there anybody in particular you remember? I mean, obviously we'll talk a little later about who you joined together with to run your business. But um, was there anybody else who who stood out in your memory? Oh, I remember everyone. Uh, we had cheeky Nathan from Ghana. Uh, we had Tim from uh, Germany. We had Johnson and Tong from China. Uh, who asked? Obviously, we had my business partner Amelia, who we'll speak about later on, I'm sure. But there's quite a few from the UK. We had Casey, Daniel, and Andy. 
and I'm trying to think whether there's, did I miss anybody? I hope I didn't. I think you've you've done pretty well. In fact, you've you've, you've, you've done very well. Um, and and in fact, we we have to have a few of them uh, on this pro, on this um, set of uh, podcasts in the future. Um, if I could persuade them to come back, and well, they don't have to come back. They just have to talk. Um, <laughs> well, in fact, we'll talk about where you are in, at the moment in a little bit. So your first few days, um, and what. The students were very similar to you. You found that you found that interesting and, and pleasing, presumably. Yeah. Okay. Now um, let's go on to start thinking about the 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 business. You mentioned Amelia. Now, if you can just explain a little bit about Amelia, that would be very good. Yeah, and <laughs> I partnered up with a lady called Amelia. Um, that wasn't her real name, but it was the only way that we could all pronounce it correctly. <laughs> so she called herself Amelia. She was from um, Viet Vietnam and uh, she actually uh, started a business back in Vietnam, had a factory making uh, IT accessories out of the rubber tree wood. And she was very passionate about making a brand, a Vietnamese brand that actually just wasn't exploited by big, big names um, that, that we see we have seen a lot in the past and she yes we, we got on straight away and she was she was a great student and a great friend and um explain a bit more about the particular accessories because they are one of them or several of them were, were amazing what what were they what were they so yeah so this is now we're talking seven years ago so it's obviously technology has changed a lot since then and, and actually one of our barriers was that technolo technology was changing at the time but they were wooden um, computer mice. Uh, and you better explain that yeah. because people will be thinking wooden computer mice. <laughs> so they had a USB attachment uh, and they were completely made of rubber tree wood. So they were very aesthetically pleasing, but they also we also were able to engrave them with um, logos of different businesses. So I think a few examples were IBM, the Hilton, and we had one for the university engraved as well. And uh, obviously the inside was electronic, but the, the outside was absolutely beautiful rubber tree wood, which would have been wasted otherwise, wouldn't it? Because it would have just been burned. Absolutely, yeah. So it was all about making sure it was eco-friendly and uh, help, helping the environment and also giving a community uh, jobs and uh, a Vietnamese brand is what, what the plan was. And of course, the jobs were in the countryside, weren't they? There were people making them for her in, in villages that wouldn't have had employment otherwise. Absolutely. They all, you also designed, but I don't think we ever started selling it, that, um, that um, uh, laptop um, holder, a laptop cooler, didn't you? Yeah, there was a laptop tray uh, that you'd have on your lap. So usually when you have your laptop on your lap in bed, for example, it gets quite hot. So it was it had a fan built inside and it just allowed allowed you to work comfortably uh, in bed or on your lap somewhere. And again, I remember it was beautiful. It was actually made again of the rubber tree wood. Obviously, the fan was plastic, but the, 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 the majority of it looked very beautiful, didn't it? Yeah, and there were different sort of um, uh, table accessories for iPad stands or phone stands. That was also part of the the ongoing collection. And when I asked several people, when did you actually get realise that you and Amelia would be great to work together? It's a strange question actually, because it just sort of it just sort of happens. I think when you're in a class together and you're all studying and you know you're talking getting to know one another 
and I actually can't remember when we decided, but yeah, we we decided that we we should work together. I think Amelia valued my uh, knowledge of the UK sort of market and the language, and um, that I understood her vision and her passion, and she was she wanted to work with somebody that got what her brand was about. So we, we clicked straight away. That's very good. Clicked, excuse the pun. Absolutely, <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. I love it, I love it. That, 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 that goes without saying you're going to be making jokes because we tended to make a lot of jokes, didn't we? And we still do. Um, now, uh, let's go on and think about through the whole time. Um, what was your favorite moment during your time studying at Buckingham? Is there anything particular that stands out as memorable and obviously happily memorable? Uh, yeah, I think I think one of the most memorable moments probably would have been when we pitched to the uh, angel uh, investors as it, I was absolutely terrified, but I knew that it was important and I'd learn a lot from it. So I remember just being very nervous standing outside and we kept going over the business plan and the business model. And yeah, at the time, I probably hated it. But now looking back, it was a memorable moment of, of university. And you got your money. We did. Yes. And you they did grill us, but it was good. Absolutely. I think we still have the video, probably. And we still have lots of pictures of you standing there looking very worried, um, which again, most people <laughs> do. It's very strange. Um, and many people have said their favourite moment, even though it was one of fear, was that of pitching to the Buckingham Angels. What about your more, what have been, do you think are the more difficult things you faced? And what, what did you more, have more, did you have anything you had more of a challenge with? Um to think now um in, in what respect well if there was anything the... that you know to go to the other end of the scale you found something beautiful wonderful that was that was great to think about but is there anything that you thought that or you didn't do it as well as you would hope to do or something like that what was there anything like that uh i think just as an entrepreneur you just you just take those those falls and and learn from them and grow so anything that happens that may be negative is never really a negative moment so it's just a way that you adapt and continue to grow as, as a person so nothing nothing stands out as such because i never you know let it become a negative it was always turned into something that was was positive very good and you continue your your entrepreneurial approach to life which is excellent i do that, yes. well we'll come on to that in a little bit um so what what do you think you learned from your time at Buckingham was well, obviously got a lot of things that do say as many as you like what are the kind of things you really did feel you learned when you when you left after you when you'd left the university uh cool there's so many things that you learn especially doing a two-year course that's condensed and and in particular because a lot of our modules we actually crossed over with other courses and uh, that's really when it became a reality that we had so so many more modules than a lot of other students. So almost double the work plus our quarterly business reviews and actually running the business. So I definitely learned time management, um, organisation, being flexible, perseverance. So many so many life skills that you can apply to work in general and also running your business in in the future mm, mm, mm. um you, that's well you know we we officially the the course has the same number of units but um we have a lot of these seven and a half unit courses which we yes. said of course well, yes. half the half the amount of the others and i think you found out we perhaps 
uh, were perhaps um, underestimating the amount of work. Yeah. <laughs> but you survived. But it was good. Yeah, we had a broad scope of different topics, so that was good. So we crossed over many different courses, economics, law, HR. So, yeah, it was it was good. It was worth it. Because, again, I hope what we talk about now, what's happened to you now, and uh, we, we believed it set you up well for anything in the future. That's what we hoped. Yeah, very transferable. Um, it's, it's about developing yourself as an individual and then applying it to whatever you choose to do after university and obviously i still think a lot of us want to own our own businesses but we may not do that straight away okay so there we go there you graduated in it was you finished in december <laughs> yeah you finished in december 2013 you graduated in march 2014 and that's now what is it is uh, six and a half years ago Goodness gracious. Wow. Uh, yes, <laughs> I can see the look on your face now, Kate. Um, so yeah. what happened then? <clears throat> uh, once I graduated, uh, I actually took, I think it was about six, <clears throat> six to eight weeks off and just uh, wanted to visit, visit Asia. So I, uh, I went to China and then I actually met up with um, Tong, one of the, the guys from the course. So that was great. Uh, also went to Vietnam and met up with Amelia and also Amelia's family on a separate visit to a different town. So that was also a great part of, of being part of Buckingham University is that you made lots of friends all over the world. Uh, also visited Cambodia and Thailand and I just wanted to, you know, visit these places and, and broaden my horizon, especially when you're talking about business and production and just having a look at the way that different cultures uh, work and operate can inspire ideas for the future. So six weeks now we're into into February two thousand and fourteen. Um, and what um, what what next? So after that, I actually um, well, quite a few things I did um, parallel to one another. So I was part of a candle business uh, called the Hampton Candle Company. And that was actually a lady that lived locally uh, to myself and where, where she struggled, I had strengths and um, that's where I came in, into play. And we started selling home fragrance products and I managed to apply a lot of what I'd learned in the course to help run the business and give my business partner a bit more structure of to where, where she, she didn't have the, that structure in place. And actually that led on to another uh, business idea that I had. And uh, we have a local shopping center called Touchwood Shopping Center. And I inquired about having a stand there to sell our products. And I was astonished by the price. So I think it was over a thousand pounds for a week, which made it very inaccessible to small businesses. So I actually pitched an idea to the uh, shopping center manager and came up with the idea which was Touchwood Enterprise. So that was aimed at small businesses that could apply and they'd be able to have a stand in the shopping center which had a huge footfall of customers and they'd have it for a week and the only upfront cost they'd have was a hundred pounds, which was an admin fee. And then they'd just pay a percentage of the profits earned uh, over the week. So it just gave people the ability to submerge themselves in uh, an, a retail environment to see whether their business idea or their product um, 
you know, was liked by a lot of people and gave their brand a lot more awareness that they would have wouldn't have been able to afford beforehand. So that was a good. Um, I, I found that that was a good success, and it's actually still continuing today. So excellent. I'm happy, happy about that. <laughs> Absolutely, and and again, without you, it wouldn't have happened. No, yeah, and and so many businesses are thankful of it, and and really found it beneficial and that was the whole point is it was just it was just creating access to small businesses to a platform that they wouldn't have been able to afford previously again i think you were there ahead of your time because it's now started to be recognized well it's been recognized for some years but again you were doing this back in 2014 and uh, so to get such wood to and, and for them to well obviously your selling skills are very good um which I, which does not <laughs> surprise me um, um i mean we do have a we do still have a course called selling yourself and your products but i think you um, you 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 just gained a bit more of your selling skills as you already had i think hopefully um but again that's interesting that it's continued and that's the great thing because a lot of things start and and there isn't the sustainability is there no absolutely so uh, that's still continued uh and then i still had i still was a partner in the candle company and then I just had a huge pressure from family um, to actually go and get a real job. <laughs> so, <laughs> even yeah. though they are entrepreneurs. Yes, even though they they didn't follow their own advice, they still said that I had more to learn and I should go and get a real job. So that's that was my next chapter, is I, I got a real job and uh, I went and worked for a local IT software company. So very different again, uh, well, different in the fact that it's uh, more software uh, and I stayed there for two years. And what was your and job? Progressed. What was your job? So I, I initially started as an implementation consultant, which sounds really fantastic. Does it? Wonderful uh, night title. Love it. Love it. Love it. What did but, it mean you did? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't very fancy. Uh, it basically involved me traveling up and down the country to inst inst well, the software would get installed onto businesses um computers or servers and it was actually a software which helped businesses run more efficiently uh it was targeted the it targeted the sign and print industry mm -hmm. so it was a way for them to control um all their orders uh, right through to quote through to invoicing so again it's still business orientated and how you can make businesses more money by them buying the software um, so I didn't actually do the sales side of things, although the managing director really wanted me to be in sales for it. Um, I did the consulting, so how to use the software. Yeah. And then I actually progressed to a customer service role, which didn't exist. So I developed a, because our support team, we had in-house support and they got quite clogged down with customer service requests. Mm -hmm. So that meant that not many support queries got answered or people were complaining that the support And, and you, you'd long. spotted this because you were outside talking to customers, presumably. Yeah. So then, and I think they realized that there was just the, 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 the business had grown enough now to actually need a department to deal with people's queries. So that then developed a customer service team. And then from that, I went on to actually be an operations manager. So I oversaw the customer service team, the support team, and the implementation consultants. So I just oversaw the whole post-sale process all, uh, right through to the support desk. All within two years of starting? 
All within two years of starting. Oh, well, what a surprise. <laughs> what a surprise. Oh, Hit the ground running. It's the only <laughs> way. It's the only way. Good, good stuff. Just... But that, that was exciting because I had to um, create all KPIs for the managing director of targets that they wanted to hit. So, again, it was nice because I felt like I was on almost on the running side of the business. Yes. Uh, and how we can get the most out of the departments and the teams to hit certain financial targets or sales targets. So yeah, it was it was enjoyable, very enjoyable. So two years, though we're now 2016, so we're now nearly yeah. four and a half years ago or four or so years ago, what next? Well, during my time, during 2016, I actually paid a visit to Ghana and uh, caught up with Nathan and actually stayed with Nathan and his, <laughs> his mum. So that was, that was great, another person that I managed to visit. Um, so that was 2016 and then I think I must have got back to work. Um, I was working outside of hours, had emails to my phone and I just got to a point where I thought I don't want to do a standard nine till five sitting at an office. It wasn't in my nature and especially for somebody else's dream and vision. Mm -hmm. So I actually hit, hit a brick wall and typed into Google, what do I do when I quit my job <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yeah desperate times but it was it was a difficult thing to to actually have the confidence or the, or the guts to quit because it was a very well paid job I had a company car I had a company laptop I was a seven minute commute from home so to everybody else on the outside it was probably a, you know golden ticket but to me it just wasn't fulfilling um, my life or what I envisioned for my future so you know I had to speak to family and say look this is what I'm going to do and I had a bit of pushback but in the end I uh, yeah I think I got home and said to my mum yeah I've resigned <laughs> so I think she nearly fell off the chair <laughs> and then she said you know what are you going to do and I said well I've googled at lunch and uh, I'm going to be an au pair in Saint-Tropez <laughs> <laughs> Well, she said, you bloody hate children. What are you doing that for? <laughs> brilliant, 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 brilliant. Um, well, I might, I might ask the same question. Well, well, Google gave me a few options and uh, I, I, ran, I ended up on some sort of website and you applied to different families and you read about the family. And actually, funnily enough, this family, the father was from Stratford-upon-Avon, which isn't too far from from where I live and actually my mum my mum was born or grew up in Stratford upon Avon. Uh -huh. So it was, you know, a small world as, as I've started to learn more and more and more. And I had an interview and we just hit it off straight away with this fact like we hit it off with the family and they said, you know, we have an eight year old and a ten year old, they're hard work. Do you think you can handle it? I said, Yeah, I'm I'm sure I can uh, I'm sure I can cope. So that was it. I they booked my flights and I was earning minimal minimal amount a week. But I'm they were at school most of the time. I went to the beach and chilled on the beach for the day, read books, and I had a great time. People couldn't believe I was working. They thought they thought I I, I was lying about something. I think they thought I must have had a sugar daddy or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I was in Saint-Tropez for that summer and had a great time, bonded really well with the family that I, were wor I was working for. 
And funnily enough, during my time there, it was um, the, the mum of the house, my mum as well then, my Saint-Tropez mum, said, uh, why don't you become a um, yacht stewardess? And I said, well, what's that? And she, and that's actually, she was a yacht stewardess. She was a chief stewardess and her husband was a head chef. And basically they'd converted from yachts to land and they worked for a, um, a well, like a well-known family in Saint-Tropez, a private villa. So he was the private chef and she was the host slash chief steward on land. So they just transferred it. And I said, what's this you say about yacht, being a yacht stewardess? I knew nothing about it coming from a town close to Birmingham, which is completely landlocked and not near the sea at all. And she told me, she says, you know, you'll travel, you'll make good money. Uh, it's a great place to start, especially if you don't know what you want to do next. And I said, I'm sold. I'm, I'm, I'm. And by the time we'd finished the conversation, I'd already booked my two exams that I had to take uh, in for September. So uh, I finished at the end of August because I had a best friend's wedding to attend. And they actually asked me to come back the first week of September for some sailing event that happens in Saint-Tropez. So the, 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 the owners were flying out for that. So they said, would I mind just coming out for that weekend? And by the time I came back for that weekend, I'd already got the qualifications. And uh, she said, I wouldn't have expected anything less. Uh, you're going to smash it. So that was my next chapter. <laughs> and so that was 2000. And how was well, 2017? You got the, the job in Saint-Tropez. Yeah. And was that long, how long did that last? Six months or, or was it longer? Yeah, so that was, no, that was just for, so it was June until, uh, no, not June. Yeah, probably like June for the six weeks. And I came back in September and then I landed my first yacht job in November 2017. Wow. So that's three years ago. Yeah. Okay. And this is, you're then a, a stewardess on a yacht. And this is, yes, this is, these are the, the, these are the million, 10 million, 50 million pound, whatever yachts. Yeah. Stupid, stupid amounts of money. Yes. And and what you you work on one or you work on several or you work how what how's the how's the work done? So yeah, so I flew out in November 2017 to uh, join the boat in Singapore. So um when we we worked for an owner, so that was the owner we worked for then and uh I worked there for two just over two years, two and a half years. And then I um, actually, I progressed quite swiftly, as you can probably <laughs> gather. I don't really stay in one position too long or mm. I like to excel quite quickly. So, yeah, I, I got from a junior stewardess position up into the second stewardess, which is actually just one below the chief. Mm. Uh, I had envisioned to take the chief stew's position uh, as she was planning to transition out of the industry. But um, due to personal reasons, decided to you know give give it another twelve months. So I sort of hit another brick wall and thought, oh, I can't really sit here patiently and and wait another twelve months. It's going to drive me insane. So um, I bit the bullet and quit that yacht. And then, uh, well, it's it bad timing, really. You know, and life's a lot about timing. I quit in January and had every so that was January twenty twenty and had every intention of being on another yacht by March. And then obviously COVID, COVID uh, hit. So uh, I actually didn't pick up this yacht that I'm working on now until June 2020. So I had a long, a long, long time off. Where were you, back at home or in? in, in... I was back at home and well, actually my, my nan was quite sick and she passed away in January. Oh. So 
that was another reason why I wanted to leave just so I could see see my nan and then I, I stuck around for the funeral and then obviously COVID hit but it allowed me to spend a lot of time with my granddad um so yeah that, that was great that is that is good yeah. things so how have you found it working for someone else instead of yourself um well it's it's unusual because you still have your department so you have i have people that also work um as part of my team so it's good because you're still running something you're still in charge of of a certain aspect of a bigger picture but ultimately yes we have a boss we have an owner that we 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 serve um but i enjoy it i like to see you know the, these people are, are you know incredibly successful i'm lucky to now be working for a british owner and it's good to just you know even just see their habits and their routine it's just nice to be almost in their shoes uh even though you're not technically in their shoes but it's all part of learning about where i want to go and 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 what i envision for the future and these these are these these the owner is the owner of the yacht Yes. And yeah. and uh, is he or she a business person or how have they got yeah. in this position? They say successful business people who use the yacht yeah. um, most of the summer or a lot of the time or they let, yeah, let others the, use it? Uh, it um, yeah, it's mainly just used by the family for the for the whole summer period. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, we, we they come on board with their family and it's, a, it's just a place for them to relax and and try to get away from business. But you see that they still they still do business. No, of course, of course, of course. And where are you based now? I'm actually now in uh, Geneva in Italy. So we're just we're just undergoing a shipyard period now for the winter. So and, and yeah, what, so what, just... what again, because most of your work is in the in the with the spring, summer and autumn. So what happens in the winter? Yeah, so many people think, oh, you haven't got guests on in the winter, you must have nothing to do, like, what do you do? But there's a lot to do, you have to organise all um, crew uniform to see see what needs to be sorted for next season. There's lots of, uh, like, packing away the yacht for the winter or, you know, looking after all the silverware that's on board. Um, general, there's the laundry still continues, so the crew bedding and all that sort of stuff. It's a whole operation of almost like a floating hotel. Absolutely. Um, and you live on the on the ship. Yeah. On, on, yeah, on the yacht. <clears throat> yeah. So you don't have to pay for any accommodation. No, no accommodation. You get food cooked for you. You get your laundry done for you, and uh, yeah, and you, you get, get paid a lot of money. <laughs> And you get I, I am worried that. about you starting your. I'm very worried about you starting your own business. You know, it sounds too much of a luxury life. <clears throat> I know, I know, but I don't want to be here forever. Um, I do still want to own my own business. I am just making the most of. Well, I was making the most of traveling and seeing the world. Although COVID seems to have put a spanner in that works for now, mm -hmm. but I am still continuing to um, save save money and um just learn you know you learn a lot from working with different people the good thing about yachts as well is it's usually a mix of different nationalities yeah. on my last boat we had a lot of filipinos we also had australians kiwis south africans uh, more so on this boat it is predominantly british mm -hmm. uh, which is also which is also nice um to have so just just continue learning and I just I haven't found the business that I want yet or the product that I'd like to develop. And I'm just hoping being in this sort of environment and traveling, I'll be in, more inspired. 
so this is a very interesting role and again very different from everybody else no, that does not surprise me kate um so but now let's go back to your university experience how much have you been able to use that what you learned on bbe and in the university of buckingham during in your current last few roles i'd say i've definitely learned a, a lot and applied a lot so especially the operations like um IT software company you learn a lot about man like managing um, people being a leader we did a lot a huge topic on leadership and actually um, interestingly enough it's very strange to how that has evolved a lot on land uh, the whole leadership versus management mm. but actually at sea at sea it's very old-fashioned mm -hmm. and um, they actually need more leadership uh, it's very old, old fashioned and hierarch hierarchical and um, yeah, they can benefit. There's a lot of bad managers, should I say? Yes. And uh, there's, there's definitely a gap to Im improve that and become a leader as opposed to a manager. <laughs> and uh, that's uh, very interesting. Well, you there, you might have spotted a gap. Yes. You might just yeah. have spotted well, and, and the thing is with the thing, <clears throat> The thing is, with with the uh, roles at sea, with a lot with a lot of the officers and captains, and you know they they go and they they study, but they never get taught management or leadership, and there there isn't a need for it. You don't have to have it to be to work on a yacht, mm. but I think it, it goes a long way. Yes, I think you you might have found a very interesting niche there. I'm going to just go back to a long way back to 2013 again your first day at the University of Buckingham what um, would you now say to yourself with a piece of advice on your first day in Buckingham uh, I think if I could have my time again at Buckingham I would definitely do more to integrate I actually was in a relationship when I joined the university and I think that held back how much I integrated with all the other students. Mm. Uh, definitely integrated <laughs> with my class, um, but I wish I'd made more of an effort to integrate with the rest of rest of the colleagues and made, you know, really valuable friendships and um, relationships and even business relationships for the future. I just think networking is such a huge, a huge part of life and business, and it's important to do that not only with your class but the university uh, as a whole good good thought good thought very good thought um kate it's been marvelous uh, as i said very different from everybody else uh, but i'm 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 very pleased you're doing what you're doing and i'm sure you're going to find because i think you are you've moved and then you've moved again and you're you're likely to move again i hope that one of the moves is into your own business when you have enough money and you've got that passionate idea that you want to move with Absolutely. I'll, I'll make sure I keep you updated, Nigel. Oh, you don't get away, as you well know. Um, and I'm going to hope, I'm, I've talked to Amelia uh, by, by, by message, and I'm hoping to have her on the uh, on this podcast as well soon. Um, we might even try and see how if there's any way of getting you together somehow. I don't know. We'll try and arrange something. You'll never know. Uh, keep an eye on this space. Yeah, keep an eye. See what happens next. Both ways. <laughs> Kate, thank you very much indeed. It's been great talking to you. And, um, and uh, well, good luck. And, well, what a wonderful life. Um, it's, uh, yeah, what I'm, a wonderful life. Yes, there you go. <laughs> a little different from Buckingham. Thank you again. Thanks. Thanks, Nigel. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. <laughs>
if you'd like to get more information about Buckingham Enterprise and Innovation Unit and our amazing students, please click on www.beiu.co.uk where you can also find more podcasts.